from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be with you inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. The largest walk-in closet for men is at Charney's. Regular sizes, big and tall, all different sizes, styles, literally something for every man head to toe. Get what you need at Charney's today. And we appreciate you going over there. Over 60 years of serving our beautiful, wonderful community. 65 years as of last year. This is their 66th. So a big congratulations to Charneys for all that they've done for all the generations of men that have come through our great community and continue to head to Charneys. So make sure that you do. And if your family hasn't gone there, we'll start the tradition today on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We are inside of Mon Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory's What's Poppin'. You heard from Papa Joe. Now it's time to hear from Ryan Blackwell, former Syracuse player, as well as the current head coach of the Liverpool boys basketball team for the Warriors, and someone who will join us in our week-long tribute that will actually go beyond this week because we'll have some more people on, but our tribute to Kobe Bryant, remembrance of not only Kobe, but remembrance of Gigi, his daughter, uh, Gianna, as as well as everyone who had passed on. And for those of you watching on Facebook, dot com backslash live now dt you see the pictures of each of them kobe bryant gianna bryant john altabelli carrie altabelli Alyssa altabelli christina mauser sarah chester peyton chester and ara zobayan all here in front of you today as we take a moment of silence once again life is precious and it's important to live it every day not sometimes Not when it feels good, not when it looks good, not when it sounds good, but all the time. And with that being said, a friend of mine, somebody who I appreciate in and out of the world of sports, Ryan Blackwell is with us today. Ryan, how are we doing today? How are you doing? I'm doing well. And Ryan, you, I was talking with you off the air about it a little bit. You had an opportunity to come into crossings with, with Kobe Bryant during your time with basketball, which I would only assume is going to continue forever for you and, you know, your love for the sport and whatnot. Bring me into it and bring my my listeners into it as well. Just what your connection was to Kobe when you got to, you know, see him or be around him as, you know, you were obviously playing and, and this, that and the other and, you know, helping out in different programs and whatnot. How did you get to be around Kobe Bryant when you had an opportunity to? Oh, in high school. Certain camps, ABC, the Adidas camp, um, I think it was Five Star Camp, and then the AU tournaments. You know, we played against each other several times. So um, he was, you know, obviously a great player then. He was young. I think I was a junior or senior, and I was pretty highly ranked uh, at the time, and I think he knew that. So uh, he took it as a challenge. You could just tell uh, the way he approached the game. Uh, I think he was going to be good. He was just very serious. and very focused and determined, um, you know, even at that age, that young age. So, And then his dad, uh, when I was in Japan for you know, seven or eight years, his dad was coaching over in Tokyo um, when I was playing and coaching. So you know, I got to 
So I want to I want to go. I'll, I'll kind of Tarantino it and speak on uh, what you said uh, lastly here about his father. When when you were playing and coaching in Japan, you got to be around his dad. What was that experience like? How would you describe his father? Just what you can say about you know what those moments were like. Uh, great guy, uh, very outgoing. Um, you know, he played in the NBA for a while too, but he uh, in the coaching world. He coached at LaSalle uh, as an assistant for a long time, and. Uh, ended up in Japan, but he was just a, you know, uh, an outgoing guy, easy to talk to, and, and very friendly. Um, it was interesting because the first time I saw him, I think it was 2006, uh, we were speaking, and I guess he had told Kogan he was going to, you know, uh, coach it against me uh, when I was playing, and he said, you know, Kobe wanted me to tell you hello. Uh, that was you know, back in 2006, 2007, so I thought that was interesting, and spoke to, you know, the type of personality that Kobe had, um, that he was just always willing to go out of his way to make sure that the other people were doing okay, which is, you know, very rare. You know, and, and like you said, you know, having that, that opportunity to, you know, connect with them and to connect with the family and to know that somebody reaches out and shows that they care. Was there anything that you took away from your interaction with, with Kobe's father, any lasting pieces? I know that in the sports world and the basketball world, you know, it, it is so small. The I think sports truly shows you just how tiny the earth really is or how it can become. So is there anything you took from a, any conversations or any moments around his father? No, like I said, he was just very outgoing. I just loved the game of basketball. Um, I knew him as Jelly, but also as Kobe's father. I thought that, that, that brought him uh, more respect, I think. Um, but he was just a good guy. I think his players love playing for him, from what I know of. And uh, just easy going and, you know, fun to be around. And then for you, I mean, like you said, you got to play against Kobe on the court itself. The Mamba mentality is what a lot of people are talking about now. And, you know, just what that means, not only on the court, but in life in general, having the Mamba mentality how would you describe it, and did he always have it, in your opinion, even when you played him back in the day? Like I said before, I, th- I think that you could tell that his level of uh, commitment and seriousness, and um, he just had a focus that a lot of kids at that age didn't have. I think he was, he had been 16, if I remember, 15 or 16 at that time, but you know, he, he guarded me, and he took it as a challenge to, to guard me, and it was you could just tell he was just different. Um, and obviously that carried over. And he, just, he worked relentlessly and tirelessly and, uh, t- to be who he was. And I think he carried that in his daily life. And after basketball, he said, oh, but everything is coming out now. He just was serious about everything he tried to do, whether it was being a father or you know, if he, wanted to, you know, he did a, a movie or whatever. He got a Grammy for that. And yeah. he said the music, he said music videos. Uh, you know, Brian McKnight and, you know, did some stuff with Shaq. So, you know, just one of those guys, just very rare uh, human being. You know, and, and, and for you, when you found out about this, I mean, it's kind of surreal. I mean, you played basketball, you coached basketball. There was a time, like you were talking about in Japan, where you did both at the same time. This sport has been such a great part of your life. And, you know, the loss of, of, of anybody you know, some people have said, well, well, how can you how can you mourn somebody that you don't know or don't know that well? And 
And, you know, when, when Robin Williams passed away, I stopped my car. I went and pulled off in a parking lot in North Syracuse. And, and I, you would have thought my uncle died because I mean, from when I was three or four years old, I grew up watching him, you know, being in the entertainment world and, and caring about movies and screenwriting and all that. I always wanted to work with him. That was an aspiration someday to be able to do just to be in the same room as him. And, you know, so, I mean, a lot of people have mourned Kobe and in, in, in this world, you know, it's, it's gone beyond basketball because of what he did for the community, because of how much he cares about kids and, and what he did in the movie industry and learning other languages. And he taught himself how to play piano and this, that, and the other for you, Ryan, you got to see him face to face. And you also got to see his entire career of 20 years in the NBA when you found out that he passed away, how did you find out? And what was your first reaction to it? Because I didn't believe it. My girlfriend came over to me and said, you know, Kobe Bryant passed away. And I was like, no, he didn't. That can't be true. And then I went and looked at all the outlets and whatnot. They're reporting it. How did you find out? And, and, and what were your first thoughts when somebody who is way bigger than the game left this world way too soon? That's the thing. Speaking here with Ryan Blackwell, Syracuse Orange alum and Liverpool boys basketball head coach. Ryan, you you coach kids in their teens. The the three girls that passed on, you know, these are these are the ages that you have at Liverpool. These are the ages that come up. So what did that I mean, did you did you sit down and speak with your team? Did you have a moment of just reflecting saying, you know, these could have been my kids? Because as a coach, I mean you you have the you have people in this world that have that have barely lived. To be 13 years old, it's like you. It's like the umbilical cord was just cut. I mean, they're they're babies. So when when something like that happens to not just Gigi, but to Peyton and Alyssa that were on that helicopter, what goes through your head as a coach, knowing that you have the youth of today in your office, in your gym, all the time? I mean, it's.
For you, Ryan, I mean, you you do you care so much, and like you said, you don't have kids of your own, but you have you have kids every day. I mean, you have kids that look up to you as a big brother or an uncle or a dad or whatever it may be, but you have that relationship with these kids, and and you know the importance of that and cherishing that. Did the moment make you stop? Like you say, you're you're a positive person. You try to you try to focus on the good things in life, but. Did this moment make you stop and maybe reflect on, you know, maybe I use my energy against the wrong stuff this this day, Dan, or you know, maybe I wasn't focused on what mattered, or maybe I let something get to me that was trivial. Did did you know this this tragedy make you stop in your tracks and say, "Wow, you know, I spent way too much time on this," or you know, I didn't spend enough time on that? Did it make you do something like that, or do you feel like you? are living your life daily really focusing on the positive and not letting the the small stuff bother you and realizing that it's all small stuff. How, how did you react to it? Yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm a firm believer that we're always trying to get better every day. It's never going to be perfect. I think that's just put it in more, more into perspective that that's the case. It's just we're always trying to be better and we can always be better. Um, if you're really going to, you know, for me, it's like telling them, when I told my kids, it's like, it's, I sent them a few things, a few memes, or the people that posted it, and they talk about working hard. I said, if you guys really understand what this, what, what Kobe stood for, how he got to where he is, it's like, no matter what you're going to do, you have to do it 100% every day. You can't be, you work hard two days or three days out of the week and expect to be good or great. Um, it's, you know, I tell my kids, you want more playing time, well, this is how you have to do it. If you're really a firm believer in, oh, I love Kobe, well, that mentality is you have to do it every day and you have to work hard. But I said, you guys aren't working as hard as you can. Um, so if you could take anything from that, it's like you have to put more of an effort into whatever you're doing on a daily basis, whether it's your schoolwork or your sport or whatever you're trying to get better at. It's got to be a, a daily occurrence. It can't be half-assed or inconsistent. So... For you, speaking with Ryan Blackwell, Syracuse Orange alum, as well as the Liverpool Warriors boys basketball head coach. You coach boys basketball, obviously you are a man in this world, but it is it is so imperative and so important. And since since forever, you know, when I started my career, I had women's basketball and, you know, women's athletics had a connection, you know, I had a connection with that. For you, what does it mean to you to have equality with women's basketball and women's athletics in general, for women to be able to be paid enough to live off of it, to be promoted enough to be out there in the community, and to change the narrative of you play like a girl to a positive thing? 
You know, what can you say about that? Because you know it and I know it that women have not been treated equally in sports for a very, very, I mean, since the beginning of sports. How do we change that? Kobe was big on that. His daughter looked like she was going to be a killer out there too. So what can you say about, you know, maybe going off of Kobe's lead and some of the other pieces out there and maybe something that you've done in your life that has helped to build up women in sports and to kill the narrative of, well, I watch basketball, but I don't watch women's basketball. I can't stand when I hear stuff like that. So, I mean, kind of what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I work in a school. I support our girls' teams, our girls' programs. And obviously I have a mother and a niece and I have cousins. And for me, it's, I've never thought any differently. You know, it's just, it is what it is. If, if you're good enough, um, you know, to play basketball as a female and you can get paid for it, so be it. More power to you. Um, I understand a lot of it is, you know, supply and demand. If, uh, if there's a demand for, you know, for for fans to want to see basketball more, then they're going to get paid. So I understand that aspect, too. It's, it's also a business. And it's about generating money. But, um, you, like, watching UConn basketball is just as good to me as watching men's basketball sometimes because um, obviously that's a high level basketball Brianna Stewart is unbelievable love watching her play so you know it's it's everything's becoming more of a level playing field and equal obviously we're not always we're not there 100% but things take time um, so like I said I continue to support all of our programs male and female uh, as I always have and I'll continue to do so Ryan Blackwell here with us Speaking on women's athletics, as well as uh, remembering Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and everybody that had passed away. Uh, Ryan, before I let you go, I do want to jump into your season. I know that you have had to play all your games on the road. You know, you, you haven't had any any true home games this year, unfortunately, with the renovations, which will obviously help you out in the future at Liverpool. But right now, it's it's caused for the team to have a little bit of an interesting you know, road figuratively and, and, and realistically and literally this season, you're going to spend the rest of your regular season on the road at CNS, at University Prep, at Beeville, at Nottingham, at Henniger, and at ESM. Thoughts on the season up to this point? You and I met about it and spoke about it a little bit ago, but where are things at right now? I know the team's won two of their last three. You defeated Corcoran and you won at FM and lost a close one in between that at West Genesee. What's your take right now is as you have six true road games to end out the regular season? Well, we're right there. We're, we beat, you know, some good teams. We lost at the buzzer to Beeville. We at the top of our league, um, close one to West Virginia, so we split with them, beat Corkin twice. So we're right there, and it's, you know, we're, we're dealing with it, not having a gym, uh, being on the road um, for all of our games, basically, you know, not having a practice gym, so. You know, it's one of those seasons, makeshift season, but, you know, we're on the phone because we're talking about Kobe Bryant, so you got to have that mama mentality. You just have to put everything aside, work hard. Um, it's not always going to be easy, um, but these guys just have to continue to work and stay focused, and that we can win the section, and they know that. Um, and if we do win the section with everything we've been dealing with, that even makes it that much better, so... We have some tough games coming up that are winnable games, but uh, we should have to continue to work hard every day and see what happens. 
you brought up the Mamba mentality. We've talked about it here on the show today. What does the Mamba mentality mean to you in your life? You just have to work hard and do it every day. Like I said before, it's you can't do it two or three days out of the week if you really want something. It's got to be every day. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be focused. And you have to block out all the negativity and all the distractions, whether it's friends, girlfriends, video games, whatever it may be. If you really want something in life, um, you just have to focus and go get it done. It's really what it's about. Was it ever hard for you to focus on the court or off the court? Did you have moments of strife, moments of adversity where you had to train yourself to focus? And if so, you know, what did you do to kind of bring your back or bring yourself either back to a place or bring yourself to a place where you could lock things out? Yeah, just remembering what it's it, you know, it taken to get to a certain point. You know, I, I didn't play at Syracuse because I was tall or just athletic or skilled, it's because I worked at it. Uh, so there was times where maybe I'd lost focus and you just have to remember what it, you know, what it takes or what it has taken to get to a certain point. Um, and it's just really doing it on a consistent basis. I think everyone goes through that. You know, there's always going to be ups and downs no matter who you are, what's going on in your life. You're going to have distractions and times of, uh, you know, where things don't go your way. So, Really, it's just about continuing on and continuing to work um, and staying positive uh, each and every day. That coming from Ryan Blackwell here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Ryan, really quick here in closing, you talk about staying positive and just keeping with it every single day. At Syracuse men's basketball team, your alma mater, stayed with it, and they won five games in a row. They played a lot of close games this season. They lost, obviously, at home in a, in a close one to Notre Dame, 88-87. They lost a close one at home against Virginia Tech, 67-63. to Then they went on a five-game winning streak, which outside of Boston College, all the games are close. Virginia went to overtime, 63-55 on the road. They beat Virginia Tech on the road by two. They beat Notre Dame on the road by two. They defeated Pittsburgh, kind of came away with it toward the end by eight. And they just lost on the road at Clemson by one point in a game that was going back and forth. What can you say about this year's Syracuse Orange men's basketball team? And and secondly, I'm sure you have a grin on your face right now. I can't see it. It's over the phone. But, you know, we, we talk about the fans, and then we talk about the people that call themselves the fans, the, the fair weathers, and, you know, just the reality of the fact that, you know, if you believe in Syracuse, you believe in Syracuse. And some people believe in Syracuse when it's convenient. So what can you say about the team this year, gutting it out, playing a lot of close games, and, then maybe how you've seen, you know, people shift from, oh, this team's horrible, to, I think I'm going to go to the game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe a common theme um, in a lot of sports. It's just, that's just how it goes, you know. Um, and I think maybe in Syracuse, especially with the football season, you know, I think basketball, they always look forward to in that positive light um, for sports around here. And, you know, they got off to a, a shaky start and um, like I always tell my guys it's the same thing it's it's not over until it's over it's a marathon you got to figure out where you are at the end of the season and uh, they continue to work hard and figure it out and then obviously they have one of the you know, the greatest basketball minds around um, and a tough guy to lead them uh, who's done this for so many years and always seems to figure it out um, so I knew with if they continue to work hard, they would get it right at the 
get contributions from Gary A., uh, from Quincy, and the guys from the bench. So they lost a tough one to Clemson, and they got a, uh, a tough game, you know, this Saturday, which would be great in the Dome. Playing against Duke, I'm sure uh, um, they have at least 30,000 people, which would be great. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. They've got some tough games coming up, but, you know, if they continue to play the way they've been playing, they can win, and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, coming from Ryan Blackwell here on the broadcast. Ryan, as always, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing for the kids in our community. And I know that you're one of those people that, you know, takes life as precious and tends to laugh and joke around. You you have that relationship with your with your team and you have that, you know, like you said, when we sat down together, you said, you know, it's just a group of characters, you know, just a, a bunch of different personalities and whatnot. So is it important to you and imperative to you that beyond wins and losses and beyond everything, that these kids have fun and that they enjoy the time they have because it seems like they really do have a good bond with you as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my demeanor, my, my personality. You know, obviously you want to work hard and be serious at times, but also um, you want to enjoy life and have to keep it light. Uh, you got to have that good balance. And you, and you do, you definitely do. And you got the personalities to do it, Ryan, and you know I know that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call the Dance Tour. Ryan, as always, I appreciate you and my best to Liverpool. You and I will keep in touch through all of this. And thank you for sharing your time with Kobe on the court, which I think you know very few people can say, which is pretty cool. And I look forward to talking with you soon. And my best with your team as you step forward into these next six games of the regular season.